0: us through those 80 minutes.
1: No we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history the whole week that's what we told ourselves and you know what I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled and the guys came out they played with enormous testicles and we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Welcome, one and all, once again, to another episode of the Dropped Kickoff. We are back, uh, we, you know, off the back of the Sevens, the Lions. There's a lot of rugby to talk about, as well as the Bledisloe, the upcoming Bledisloe series. Um, who'd have thought? Two podcasts in one month, and I'm joined once again by Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. And uh, Nick Hartman. Nick, how are you?
0: Good. Thanks, Nick. Looking forward to another great pod.
1: Mate, we're all about pods here. And it's... Uh, it's Good, because we've got, there's plenty of rugby to be talking about. Question one, in terms of the questions we'll be talking about, how do we feel about this upcoming Bledisloe? Are we excited? Are we nervous? What are our predictions? Two, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Quay Cooper, coming back. What does it mean for the Wallabies? Question three, the Sevens, the, both the men's and the women's team bowed out in quarterfinals at the hands of Fiji uh, in both occasions. Why are we so shit and how are Fiji so so good? Question four: This Lions series. What are our thoughts on this series so far? And what is all of this stuff going on with Rass- with uh, with Rassi with Rassi's chat and Rassi Erasmus, or particularly around his ref chat? And then lastly, question five: uh, What other rugby have we beat, have we caught or talking about over the last couple of weeks? So let's, gentlemen, let's dive in to the Bledisloe. So it was on, it was off. It's been a bit crazy with the with the travel bubble and isolation still happening in Sydney, but it now looks like we are officially going ahead uh, with the Wallabies heading over to New Zealand um, earlier this week. Um, Nick, I'm going to throw to you right now. I trust that you've you've had a look at this squad um, and uh, had a look at you know where we're going to be playing and everything like that. What are your thoughts here? What is this uh should we be excited or is it a case of well, similar to last year of hitting
0: hope? Um well, I I mean I tweeted during the France game, um, we're fucked for the slow. And then I think um someone said, Rugby Reg or someone like that said, Oh well look, you know, we already we're always we always say this and then we always turn out quite well against the All-backs in at least one game, I guess. Um, I think that happened last year as well when we... I think we drew first up. Um, so that sort of convinced me. I think we'll be okay. You know, we've played France where New Zealand played, you know, the the, the tradies and police officers that were like the Tonga and the Fiji <laughs> team. So, <laughs> yeah, look, you know... I. Off the vibe, I'm confident. Um, although you know, this is a class New Zealand team, and um, I mean, if we don't have James O'Connor and we don't have Nick White back, I, I don't know what their injury status is. I think we might be pumped though.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, and it's interesting you talk about that series. I mean, I reckon that we'd be we're better off for that France series and now having that that resting time a little bit of extra time between now and when we play our first game against against the blacks but i mean the all blacks meanwhile i i i wouldn't say that they were exactly challenged but I, um especially in the game of the, the game against Tonga when they were playing against you know tongan guys who had to be called in to help out from clubland in new Zealand. Um, but I mean that fee- the Fiji series was interesting, though, particularly that first game because I reckon f- the Fiji side, um, which I don't, I don't recall actually, they sent their strongest side um, over to over to New Zealand. They did actually so show a bit of uh, a bit of grit um, against this All Black side, so uh, and which I think definitely would definitely played an impact in potentially if you catch the All Blacks napping or they they have a slow start, there's potentially a win there. Um, Jack, what are your thoughts here? Are you a bit more optimistic about it? Do you think that it'll that uh, the, us in the against having that tough series against the French will uh, make us better off, or do you reckon it's uh, being too complacent yet again and we're heading towards another defeat? It's
2: a Bledisloe, slow baby. Anything can happen. <laughs> um, anyway, spin it. Uh, All Blacks are number one team in the world, and you know they don't take you know you can't take them lying down you know, whatever media is saying, oh, the All Blacks are unprepared, you know, blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll come in and rip in and, and give us a a, a good fight. Um, it's looking more more like we'll play back-to-back games at Eden Park. So whether that works in our favour or not, I mean, can we possibly lose two times in a row at Eden Park in, in as many weeks? Surely we've got to get one win there. Um, and then Perth, that's been a fortress for us. So, you know, as ever, you know, down in the dumps about Waltleby's, every time Blair's comes around, I just get this renewed sense of optimism. You know, on their day, <laughs> we, we, we've got a team that can beat, you know, the best in the world. I think I've said it, I've said, I think I've said it before on this podcast that we probably need to stop um, playing the Kiwis. Um, I kind of think they're the, uh, the uh the cause and the solution to all of Australia's rugby problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think I think I've said it before. Yeah. Um, get one one Bledisloe bled game. Um, you know, it's all up for grabs. Uh, winner takes all. I think that's the the model moving forward. Until then, yeah, we got to get two wins against the Kiwis, and that's um a thing that most teams in the whole world can't even do. So it's it's a big task, but we can do it.
1: Yeah. Look, it's, it's, it is, you can never discount them. Like, and I think it's also the fact that we've been following a lot of these guys for a long time and we know how well they can play. Um and it's often the case of and and it was it was you need no further indication than looking at the the France series. The, it would have been of such a different series if one pass had stuck here or one pass had stuck there, and it was literally a game of just searching for that complete performance that just never seems to to arrive. Um but you're not far away from that. You're not they're not far away from pulling that off. Um well, before we move on to, to talking about the elephant in the room of uh, of a certain fly half who's back, um, in terms of this squad though, I want to ask, uh, pick your brains about about this squad because it is a really interesting squad. Um, got we've got uh, about I think six uncapped players who are head, who are going over, including uh, Duncan Paiyawa, who's um, to many Queenslanders is a. Uh, one of the Reds' most exciting players uh, in the back line. Um, but now he went overseas recently, but he came back. Um, You've got your Ryan Loddigans, your Andy Muirheads, Farmer uh, Suli, Lalakai Fichetti, Nick Frost, um, and uh, a lot of other players in here. Who's the player that you think is really going to stand out um, in this series? Nick, who do you, who's the one that's really you're most excited to see on, in action on the field?
0: I mean, I want to see Darcy Swain you know, play well again. I think, you know, it's it's very exciting. He he played very well in that, you know, the, the last French test and the twice when he came on. So if he can back that up with some performances, that'd be, you know, great news because I think argu- arguably Locke's probably our weakest position at the moment. Um, given that, you know, our best four Locks were overseas, you know, Arnold, Coleman, um, Rodder, I guess. I don't know if he's back in this team, this squad uh arnold uh rodder rodder uh, back, back uh,
2: yeah rodder's in there yeah
0: rodder's in yeah, there yeah right okay so yeah great to see him but really you know i'm there for uh tongan thor uh, whether he <laughs> can change um change the games when he comes on like he did against french if you can do that against the all blacks i mean it's just exciting to see i know it'll probably happen um and it won't be a surprise, but he's Tonga just Tonga That's all I'm there. For. And if Marika can get his hands on some meat, that would be great as well. Um, but I think really, you know, the, the change in the Wallabies is going to come from the halves. So, like I said, James O'Connor um, and Nick White can come back. Um, I'm not sure about James O'Connor's injury status, but I, that will be the change, and that will be make or break.
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting you mention those guys, and I guess we'll, we'll we'll dive we'll dive into that whole question about fly half in a second. Um, but I do love that you. It, it's it's so telling how much of an impact player Tupo is off the bench, even though he's a like we cannot deny he's a fantastic player. We love him as a, as a as a run on prop for the Reds but there's just something about the impact that he has in a game when he comes off the bench for the wallabies it just gives you that that lift that you so desperately need when if, if it's going to be a close if it's a close game and you know yeah. these first eight or nine tests in in Rennie's tenure in the wallabies the pretty much nearly all of them bar one has been a, a very close game or a very close contest um Jack, uh, any players that, are re- that you're particularly excited to see uh, in, in terms of impact on the uh, off the field?
2: Yeah, I think, um, especially for going into the All Blacks games, I think he'll stick with you know a bit of continuity. Especially, I don't. I, I think you're right. I don't think um, James O'Connor is ready to return. So Noah Laceo gets a, an extra extra shot at it, a bit of redemption from last year. I think the uh, the squad will be pretty settled. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see if anyone can you know force their way into that. Um, that 22, um, a big Andy Muirhead fan. Hope he gets a run at some point. <laughs> Pete Samu's back. All, all the, all the, uh, all the Brumbies. All players. the Brumbies. Pretty yeah. much all the Brumbies. <laughs> yeah. Duncan's, a, a an interesting one. Um, I think he, he was already in Queensland, um, come back from, from Europe and that's how he got into the squad. Um, and Isaac Rotter, I'll be s- s- interested to see where he fits in. Um, but I think, yeah, on, on those sort of two points, I think, uh, the world rug uh not world rugby like the rugby um community sort of needs to change their thinking about you know um you know starters finishes i think there's a there's an there's a science now in international rugby of how to use your you know your substitutes to their maximum potential and i think you know the fact you know this old style thinking of like well if you're on the bench you're not as good as you know the people um in the first 15 but i think i think that's changing like people mm. have these different roles where they can make an impact like uh like Tupo, um and and really stamp their stamp their uh, mark on the game you got you also got like finishers like uh Tate McDermott that can really spark yeah. something so that'll be interesting to see what he does there yeah it is it's
0: before, it, and before we go on nick i just got a few questions i want to just throw at both yeah <laughs> What do you think of the back three? Would you keep it as it was? Would you? Because I don't think. Um, uh, yeah. Tom Tom Banks and.
2: Tom Banks, yeah, Tom Banks.
0: Right. What is the other wing? He's not Marika? I don't uh, think. I don't really want to see that going forward. Um, I saw Paul Cully and his team of the week put Reese Hodge on the wing. Um, it was,
1: I think he was Dale Goonie in the final match, but he only
0: lasted a Minute and a half yeah.
1: before he got he, he was that? pulled off to, to injury. He either it wasn't like he didn't perform, he just he got pulled off due to injury.
0: Would you keep that back three? I, I'm not sure if is still out, but would you,
2: yeah, um, for the moment, maybe, uh, maybe put Hodge at fullback. Um, Banks hasn't really stepped up to the plate, has he? Yeah, um. Uh, so, yeah, but our only alternative would be Hodge or, you know, they're talking about the tyre at fullback, but he hasn't played for the Wallabies there. He hasn't played for the Reds there. So he need, he would need some time, maybe at club land to, to sort that out. So at the moment, yeah, uh, Hodge would be the only option on the wing. Um, I don't know. Who would you bring in?
1: Look, Willie, I think there's a reason why they brought in Muirhead because they probably are aware that, Marik is covering you on one wing, but the other wing, in all honesty, is uh, is <laughs> frankly, there's anyone's guess. If D- Dalgunu is out due to injury, um, I know Pattaya yeah, has had D'Algunu to slide Algunu's into the
0: squad. W-
1: yeah, he's not in the squad, so he's 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 probably still recovering from injury from that French game, uh, from the final France game. Um, so the only option, I mean, I know Pattaya has played a little bit on the wing. He's had to like slot in due to to injury related. Uh, for for some sort of injury injury related events in previous games, um, yeah. Look, the only option would be if if you're gonna. I, I'm not totally convinced by Banks at fullback. I mean, he played better as the series went on, but that first game, he he started so slowly, and we he, he made a whole. He did make a couple of mistakes, um, particularly under the high ball, um. He did was he was able to he did show potential in terms of utilizing himself as more of an attacking player uh, in game two, particularly when when inserting himself into the back line and running off uh, Lalesio. Um, but in terms of him keeping that fullback role, I wouldn't I I wouldn't say he earned that. I mean he has played he has played on the wing before. Banks has, um, but I wouldn't necessarily put him there. I'd rather give Muirhead a run and then move Hodge to fullback. Um, the only person who isn't moving is Marika, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, like, he, he's he been playing extremely well. And I think he's probably had the most unluckiest run of not scoring a try I think I've ever seen it's in criminal. World Rugby. Criminal. Like, how many how many tries during both Super Rugby <laughs> and this France series has that man been disallowed? I can't yeah. believe it. The, what, what does the dude have to do to get a damn try? It's and
0: then insane. he got sent off for uh, And then he
1: got sent time. off for a trash... Absolutely trash call. I like. He's 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 at a like. Can't fault the guy. The dude is trying. He's he's playing his absolute guts out. Um. The the chips have not have not been in his favor the last couple of weeks. So he the he's due. So the only the the question is really the fullback and the other wing position. And I reckon in terms of the other wing position, um, there are a lot of talented players who can cover or slot into that role. Um. Fullback, it's really a, a toss between Banks and Hodge. And honestly, I'd rather go mm. with Hodge because you've got the boot and he's had more experience in that role. I'm not sure Banks has convinced me enough. Mm. Yeah. All right. I reckon let's move on to question two. And we'll talk about the elf in, in the room here, which is Quade Cooper. Um, uh, he's back in the squad. Um, he has is... You know, and potentially very much in contention for a uh, for a position in uh, as the as fly half for the Wallabies. Jack, I'm going to throw to you first for this one. Um, what does this say? Are we? Because I'm getting a sense there's either a, either Rennie wants to try and get a bit more depth or get an experienced head in there to help the likes of of Lalesio, uh, kind of in terms of guiding him in in that fly half role or he's worried about the depth in the role and is looking for a more experienced player either way what do you think this means in the context of the Wallabies campaign I
2: love it you know hate, hate him or <laughs> love him he's he's box office he's he's gotten people talking um his chances of playing probably pretty pretty slim even even if Lolesio goes down, Hodge probably goes to fly half. I think I think it's pretty plain to see that you know, Randy's brought him in for the experience. He's he was around Queensland, um, you know. He he has some great skills and some great knowledge to impart on on other guys. You know, he's been around Australian rugby and for 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 years now. Um, he's he, you know, he's no slouch. He's he, he can't tackle, but he can he can he can light up light up the crowd. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I I do love to see it. I love to see, you know, those those wallabies on the fringes come back into the fold. Um, we've got to pair him up with Ganyar again. That'll be electric. <laughs> Just
1: bring Ganyer out of retirement, mate.
2: Absolutely. It worked,
1: it worked in 2011. It can work here. We're good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Nick, what do you reckon? I'm getting the vibe or getting a sense that you're not as convinced by uh by by Cooper being in the squad.
0: Um yeah, I just got the feeling he's sort of, you know, just there to provide experience and just a super backup, you know, if three other guys fall over, Hodge goes, Samura goes, you know, um, Loloesio goes. I mean, probably Tongan Thor's probably ahead of him in the backing order for the fire <laughs> for him. But, you know, you never know. Like, an Italian won the 100-metre gold last night, so... You never know these things. Um but I you could am do a really Stephen, yeah. Hey. Yeah, you Stephen could Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen exactly. Bradley, exactly. <laughs> um but you know, I'm just so excited because Quay brings so much meme value to rugby and the wallabies. And it really needs to be, you know, emphasized and worked on. And I don't know if there's anyone under the age of thirty-five working for Rugby Australia, but <laughs> Get the money. You know, it's just there. It's just there. There's, there's so many memes. You know, he was going on about the citizenship <laughs> thing. You know, while that need of Richie McCall's head should have been uh, mm. services to Australia, just there. You know?
2: <laughs> People yeah. get
0: it for a lot less. At
1: least, at least getting full, getting an, uh, getting a getting citizenship. Come on, at <laughs> least
0: citizenship. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
2: If he does get on, uh, Sunny Bill Williams is uh, lined up. Artie Sarvee to go out and smash him.
0: And, you know, it might be distasteful, but, you know, you could do a whole take the knee joke and all that stuff. You know, I just he's just there. I, just, that, I That's why I love it. Not for his footballing ability. You know, he's definitely not as good as he used to be, but... Uh, yeah. I love it. Actually, I love it, Nick. I, I want more
1: Quade. <laughs> we're, all, we're all about the Quade. Yeah. For look, yeah I, I
2: love six games there. They were... He was pretty electric for the Rebels, and then when he when everyone figured it out, he had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the problem the problem with Quade, and if they're gonna it, like, of um, in the off chance that they actually select him as the starting fly half. The only reason why he worked so well at the Reds in in 2011 is because Ewan McKenzie was able to construct his entire game plan around how spontaneous and unpredictable Cooper is. He's the sort of fly half that you build a, a game plan around.
0: Yeah, he was also but, younger and he also hadn't injured his knee.
1: Yeah, that's true. But you, you, the problem is, though, is that when – because Quaid has such an ability to go just completely off track, if, you, if your team's not adjusting to that, then your attack becomes quite – can actually become quite flat. So I reckon it is – I think my brain, my rugby brain is saying it's just for experience, but in the off chance that, that – he actually
0: is being selected. Um, done just how good would it be if he came on for just you know, all... two minutes at the end? It just Picture had...
2: this. Picture this. Second test <laughs> at Eden Park.
1: In front of 60,000. Yeah. Go, who still Cooper,
2: flick ball. Marika Korobiti down the wing.
1: Scores a try, and then just just for fun, like if there's like some sort of like Richie McCaw paraphernalia yeah. there, he knees it again on the way through.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <Richie> Mac- <laughs> Just Wait,
0: yeah, flick pass doesn't right. work very well, but it comes off his other knee. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Flake Cooper's just about to go under the post, and then suddenly Richie McCaw comes out of nowhere with a folding chair, and oh my god, <laughs> Richie McCaw. In the chair the chair I reckon
1: Richie would be up for that <laughs> he'd have a laugh <laughs> but yeah it's look it's an interesting one it's an interesting choice but uh you'll have to wait and see if uh if Rennie actually goes to put him on but I reckon it's just experience um yeah. let's move on to question three uh in the pod um, from, from talking about fun and, and games to, to having our asses right royally handed to us in the sevens, um, both the men's and the women's team, um, unfortunately, got knocked out in the quarterfinals, both at the hands of Fiji, with the Fiji men going on to back-to-back gold medals and the Fiji women's team going on to win their first ever medal um, in the form of their bronze medal um, when they knocked over Great Britain. Um <laughs> What what's happened here, guys? Twenty sixteen, uh, we were the the women's team, were the the main team to be to they were the team to watch, um they were the team to uh, that that everyone was talking about within sevens rugby, and here we are, only five four or five years later being knocked out. Jack, what's going on here? What happened?
2: Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Um, a lot of high expectations. Uh, I think the cracks were showing. Even earlier in the you know in the Oceana prep, we I think we only jagged one one win from each team. So um, yeah, we we weren't coming in with that good a form. I think we you know everyone was expecting them to lift during the Olympics, and I think it just shows how far the uh, the rest of the world has come on in in sevens. Um, yeah, that uh, especially for for the girls, it was it was pretty disappointing. Um, Fiji, just wow. You got to give them yes. credit. They were they were pretty amazing. Um, they the defense just you know rocked the rocked the girls and um, they couldn't get anything going on attack. And then there was a bit of miscommunication. You could see, um, you know, uh, Charlotte kaslick pretty much had to do it all herself. Um, Paletti Pel- was really good as well. Um, they were trying to lead the team around, but some of those uh, you know inexperienced uh, really shone through. So. Yeah, yeah, disappointing overall campaign. And what's interesting is um, the uh, both coaches were renewed um, for for the, for the next Olympics um, before the uh, tournament even ended. So that's yeah, that's interesting.
1: Mm, I did not know that. So you mean so it's a? Do you think then that these are fixable problems? Then here's the question: So if the world is caught up, and it sounds to me like that in terms of actual game plan and preparation. Both the men's and the women's team just were found wanting in terms of how they actually managed the game, but also just how the other sevens teams managed to adapt the the, mm. to, the style to yeah. faster gameplay that we're now coming expecting to see both in the men in the men's and the women's team. Is this yeah? Where, is this where our our teams went wrong? Is this where is it was it down to strategy or not a lack of of uh? adapting to the new directions that sevens as a game is going in
2: yeah i think you're seeing a lot more size and strength come into the sevens game um with a lot more yeah focus focus strategy um yeah we might need to get uh pretty creative on how we improve the program i think from from the talent that's out there we've you know we've we've picked most of the most of the big crop, the crop of players that can, can go on to the next games. So I've, I've seen people say, you know, I uh, should have, should have brought Elia Green in there, but who knows whether she would have made a difference or not. Um, yeah. And again, it's only, you know, when you put it, you know, on the other hand, it's only three years until the next Olympics. So a lot of those girls will still be around, maybe Shani Williams and the like might bow out this time, but uh, they've still got a good, good crop of, uh, of uh of team to work with so it's just uh you know improving the pathway improving uh maybe recruitment and getting them you know it was disrupted with covid and getting them meaningful games against um solid opposition is important uh so both 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 programs need to yeah really step up and find a way to um go to the next level
1: yeah but it is also interesting that there have been a lot of other teams that have emerged in that time. I mean, Fiji were always a strong side, especially mm-hmm. the men's, but their women's team were outstanding this this year um, yeah. in terms of just coming out of nowhere. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk during that Oceania series how... People were thinking, "Oh, yeah, it's it's the Fiji women's team. They don't necessarily have the gravitas of the of the of the, of the men's team." But it, but a lot of people out of their out of their quarters when they were training in Townsville were saying, "No, no, these these girls are the real deal. They're, they're going and they're going to challenge a lot of teams." And lo and behold, they have, um, doing that. Do you think we'll see? They're going to be adapting their games game plans and game styles as well over the next coming couple of years. So, is it a, are we is it a place that will? The question I ask is, are we going to be slipping and sliding even further, or is it a case of just well we got to see what they're doing and try and do it better?
2: That's it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how you know sevens evolves to the next uh, Olympics. Um, you know, considering you know the shorter turnaround, we'll probably hopefully work in our favour. We'll be able to keep the squad. Together, you know, it's a short, short, prep- shorter preparation, um, and you know we hopefully the World Series gets up up and running, and we can really test some some new things and 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 see what works.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's uh, it'll be one to watch, especially when we come around to the next Olympics. It's. <sighs> It's the pain of every every Aussie rugby fan. Australia is going like the clappers in the Olympics at the moment, and yet rugby underperformed yet again.
0: I I really (laughs) want to know, you know, Fiji have got, what, 500,000-odd people, and just have all these footballers, all these seven sort of footballers, great with the offloads, all that jazz. And we've got all those Queenslanders and all those people in country New South Wales and Western Sydney playing rugby league. And we can't, you know, we're not a huge threat, you know. It, it boggles my mind, you know, that we, we just can't, you know, just do an tag competition, go, hey, do you want to be paid, you know, six yep. figures to go around the world, play a couple of games a year. Like, they don't play that much footy, right? Like, yeah. they play, what, 12 legs or something, go around the world, have a great time, it'd be like a party atmosphere every second week. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. How can we not build a great team?
1: I think it's the want part of me. I think the, uh, one of the big successes of, of Fiji, I reckon, is the fact that they're such a passionate rugby nation. God, like, they live and breathe rugby. You only have to look at how much both of those medals meant for them.
0: So does um, Kai Ogle, Nick, you know, like... <laughs> We've got those people. You know, what you say to origin? Yeah, no, we I,
1: hate uh, look, the
0: talent. yeah, well, I, you see Latrell Mitchell, he's so good, he's got a, a gut, a COVID gut, and he's still <laughs> trying run the length. You know, we've got the talent in spades at some dude with a gut.
1: Look, it's, uh, I'm, um, it's, yeah, look, it's, we don't know, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. That's, it, that's the reason why we're asking this question of what, of what happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I,
2: I, I, yeah, on that, that, yeah, I think they're. Could be you know better alignment with our sevens programs and giving them more opportunity and giving them more uh, cachet in you know in the rugby uh, in the rugby uh, what do you call it hierarchy in in Australia Um, there could be you know closer collaboration with you know Super Rugby um, you know doing the World Series coming back to Super Rugby going back to sevens um, or even having you know uh, Super Rugby sevens. Um, for a preseason, you know, get them involved. Seeing, so you, you know, who who in Super Rugby at the moment could be a good sevens player. And yeah, yeah it's nice. like if got... the
0: um, Auckland yeah. Nines thing that the league does.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. um, should be doing it so now. That
0: could
2: be a, that could be a way. And yeah, if the if the check sizes are big enough, we could poach some certain leaguers. I saw um, you know, a few <laughs> Twitter posts going around. It's like, imagine if league made a sevens team. How good would they be? It's like, well, put your money where your mouth is, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, Down look, it's... Uh, that to is, how
2: they go. I bet they'll be unpleasantly surprised at how hard <laughs> it is to play. There
1: is... It, it is a bit of a... I reckon it is a bit of a worry what's going to happen when we come back from the sevens because I know that money is already a, a tight issue right now within Australian rugby, even just with the new announcements and new, and new sponsorship yeah. deals and the success that they've had with... With Stan, this year they do have some cash in cash flow, but I, um, I'm I'm hopeful that they can still maintain
2: the yeah. the yeah. Uh, this yeah.
1: sevens program on a, in a full time capacity because the things that they've achieved um with that have been yeah. nothing short. Do you remember,
0: like a year ago or something, year and a half ago, the conversation came up again about merging rugby league and rugby union or having a hybrid game. <laughs>
2: They should oh, do that for no.
0: sevens. That should—that's a perfect opportunity.
2: Yeah, that's a. I think that's a conversation for another day.
1: Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a conversation too much for us.
2: <laughs> the whole right, worms,
1: right.
0: so. there, there you go. There's like, what loss is are doing it on sevens. Do it, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, well, why don't you play rugby sevens? You're costing Australia a gold medal. Perfect. Yeah.
2: In general, it is. It's a great, you know, uh, recruitment tool and and a great way for you know getting people to have a go at rugby you know we need school programs and and things that are easily accessible for for people to jump on board Mm.
1: yeah it's one it's it's a it's a there's going to be a lot of questions after this after this series and after this campaign and yeah it's well apparently not
0: because the two coaches have been re-signed
1: so (laughs)
2: well well i mean at
1: least in terms of Look, I'm surprised that they've. I'm surprised that they have been considering the fact that we didn't even get past the quarters. Um, in this regard, I think it's yeah. it's disappointing. <laughs> it's very disappointing that uh, surely it would be, surely that would be judged on the Olympic on how they went at this Olympics, because yeah, Rio. Yes, we got gold at Rio, but that's the last Olympics. That's that's yeah. that's our history now, and. Question the, is:
2: Do we have specialized sevens coaches, or are they just coming over from from fifteen? I know John Minetti is a, yeah. was a fifteen specialist before he took over the women. So,
1: yeah, that's right. Maybe
2: there's those coaches out there, but we'll, we'll see.
1: Mm. Um, I'm aware of time, so we're going to move on to question four uh, for this, which is this this goddamn line series. So, I'm, I'm, I don't know about about you guys, but it, it's been a, a really a lot of people and a lot of the rhetoric I've seen around this Lions series has been very, very mixed, to put it mildly. Um, and I'm going to throw to you first here, Nick, because I know that you've been particularly interested in all the the rants that ra- uh, Rassi's ranting that he's been going on um, over the course of this series. And you and has he ruined it all with this with this rap chat? What do you think? Do you think is it is it do you think Rassy is has kind of set in motion a whole bunch of of rhetoric and discussion around the around referee and refereeing decision that has effectively killed the enjoyment of this series.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it, it is really a funny one with this, isn't it? Like he's, he went out and he criticized all the rough situations and that, you know, I guess we always have the urge to sort of do that. or well, not everyone, but I've sort of felt that like, Oh, this is an injustice. You know, and got done for the head. eye shot um, and then Fox Sports put um, something up that was like, oh, did you see this head high shot? Like, it's the same thing from this Welsh guy. Um, I don't know if you remember that uh, World Cup game as stupidly as I do, but.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, people always do this. And then it's sort of like you go too far doing it and you feel dirty and you're just like, oh, I got a bit obsessive there. And Razzie really got into it. Um, and you put past the burner account, which is another funny sort of meme moment in itself. Um, but. It's just like it's just really weird, and I think there has to be almost like an official declaration on it, or a memorandum of understanding that. Look, we're not going to fix this thing until we have some sort of robot referee. Um, you know, we had, um, we had video refs. They came in. thinking that it would make it more accurate. I mean, has it, because there's still debates about it, is having debates all part of the plan, because it means we keep talking about the game and the game's not on, and it's sort of the, the modern world we're in. We can keep the news cycle going. Um, I don't know. It just makes, it, it makes it leaves me feeling dirty. And then, you know, the, the rugby itself hasn't been great either. So, yeah. And the lack of crowds as well, I guess, too.
1: But yeah, it's just been a bit crappy, hasn't it? Um, um I've hated it. It's been crap, I think. Well, I'm gonna I'm not <laughs> gonna polish a turd here. I reckon look, I was a little bit apprehensive going into this series anyway, because I know right now that the COVID situation in South Africa has been has been a huge topic of discussion. Um and whether it was appropriate to not only do this series, but even if it was safe. Um and and, I mean, yes, there's been a lot of talk about this, the fact that it's the, the world champions and stuff. And I always was already worried about the, the a lot of the rhetoric going into it because you had the, the South African fans on Twitter and the South African fans on Facebook going toe-to-toe with Lions fans and Lions pages like your rugby onslaughts. And it was noticeably, even before the series started, the actual rhetoric was no longer necessarily just fun banter. It was actually like genuine uh, genuine bitterness towards both sides probably be probably st- pushed on by a lot of the 32 12 jokes that South Africans have heaped upon the English fans ever since the 2019 <laughs> World Cup final um i think though it's not very often but this is but that's just a fan environment i think it's to then suddenly see a professional director of rugby engaging in the exact same rhetoric. Um, I think is sets a very dangerous precedent around how you treat referees. Um, you know, it's in and I think it's it really has taken the fun out of this series. And it's it's just disappointing. It's just really, really disappointing. And on top of it, I mean, we we haven't mentioned the fact that Rassi was complaining about the referee performance in a game that his team won as well. Um <laughs> It's. I think it sucks. Frankly, it's. It. If you're going to complain about a game oh, that you no, won, they
0: lost the first game.
1: Oh no, they did. That's right. Sorry, it's down corrected. Apologies. No, they did. They, they. They. did, but only by two points. Um, mm. the series is still very much alive. To suddenly come out and, and, and go to town on on, uh, on the foreign referee, I think is incredibly unprofessional. And and you know it was good that the likes of you know because. The, of like Andy Marinos was re- was really quick to say to to say, "Hey, World Rugby, are you going to do something about this because this is not appropriate." Um, in terms of how director of rugby is is claiming that the other referee is being inappropriate. Jack, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think of all this mess? Am I am I saying? Do you do you th- do you think it's it's killed this whole thing, or do you reckon that there's still enjoyment to be had in this series?
2: Mm. It's, a, it's a disgrace. Go- golden rule and I was. <laughs> you know playing rugby is the ref's always right respect the ref you know people people are coming out saying oh what about this what about this you know you know past refs um past coaches calling out the refs and all that sort of stuff and yeah it's all bad but this is particularly heinous like uh, um, yeah it's uh and it's also disappointing to see him you know you know really go after berry as well and a veiled veiled attempt to go oh we just want to you know understand better and we want to nah bullshit um yeah the yeah yeah lesson yeah it's yeah it's gross it's
1: it's, (laughs) amazing i think it's yeah it's amazing what the rhetoric is when people say oh yeah it's the it's the game it's this game it's the first lions test um And you made – and I think you made the wrong calls. And I bet you if they'd said, you're making the wrong calls because it's against my team, they wouldn't be having this conversation if, say, a penalty fell in their favour.
2: And Um, look, and and his hour-long rant worked because, you know, they won the second test. So he's vindicated. Um, There's been no punishment that I've seen. Um, And, of course, he's not going to come out this week with another video. Pointing out how all the calls went right, right for him, and and that's a problem. So that that's the last we're going to hear from it, and and it sets a really dangerous precedent, I think.
0: Nick, what it's do you reckon? Interesting, um, Murray Kinsella, who who the fellas talked with before the uh, Island podcast, uh, the Island series back a couple yeah. of years ago um murray works for i think the 42.ie which is a rugby site or a sports Mm -hmm. site he tweeted he had a little thread and he was saying that you know take it aside for what it is razi rasmus's rant he said this has been coming for a while um the state of officiating has troubled a lot of um, um you know professionals coaches and whatnot and players and I think even, you know, like, as we know, with the Marika Corbetti red card, like, even for fans, it's quite, you know, obviously bad. But I I just don't really know where to start with this thing. You know, do they – can a rugby game actually be refed?
2: Yeah. well?
0: Um, you know, well, what lengths it. do we go to? I mean, the, how often are they offside? How often do people come through the gate?
2: Yeah. It, it, it comes back to how do we want – to apply the rules. And yeah. know, I, I think either we can, either we can, you know, create a set, set of black and white rules. That's that are really clear that that takes out, you know, all the contests of, of rugby or, or we can accept that it's a dynamic game. There's going to be, you know, a million little things that get missed for both sides at any point in the game. Um, and, and that's why, you know, rugby's so entertaining. So uh, you know, the refs can't win it, it's it's sad to see, and it and it, and it trickles down and it, it will have a big effect on on the refs. you saw that in the second game ben O'Keefe was you know really um really careful about all the calls he makes and and even you know on the weekend you know it just gives more more firepower for those bloody scary parents on the sideline yelling at a 12 year old ref to you know that he's that he's biased against the team and blah 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 i'm sick of it like you know, we 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 know refs. They 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 ref because they love rugby. They don't ref because <laughs> they want their team to win or, or whoever. You know, perceived bias they've got. It's like it's it's ridiculous and it just makes me sick sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's it's disappointing that, and additionally, you know, I think there. I think we it's it's not been helped by the fact that. The law, the recent law changes. I, mean, we, I was looking at this because I was having a few discussions around the the Fiji game, the Fiji lot, the Fijis women's teams lost to um, to New Zealand, which a lot of Fijian, um, a lot of Fijian uh, fans have had a couple of issues with in regards to Parrot's performance in terms of that game, um, and the examination of of the refereeing rules that refs have to follow things to a T. I think is is also playing a major factor in it. And maybe it's the fact that because they have they have to follow such specific rules to a T, it's actually making the game much harder to officiate, mm. because you can argue so many points from so many perspectives here now, um, yeah. and it's I think it's a, it's it's we've lost that and I think we we're now in a time where we've lost that sense of, yeah, the ref missed something, um, mm. some things go their way, some things don't. It's so you're only human at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, while you may disagree with a ref's call or whatever, it should be left on the field at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, to to then go after them and accuse them of, of of additional stuff, I think is it sets a dangerous precedent for for how for the actual dialogue and engagement with referees. If you're going to if you're going to accuse them of going of of oh yeah there's external factors here 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 or there's a natural bias here or there's a or there's an accusations of God forbid you, you, their decision making process was was based on something else then any any game can be challenged on that, um, and any refereeing call can be challenged on that, which really which makes it even more which makes the thing even more um precarious so. I really hope that, that rugby that rugby Australia or world rugby rather really get behind and support where referees are coming at from this perspective because at the end of the day, may, while, the, it, it, while it might come, come down to an issue of the actual refereeing rules that they have to follow, then if that's the case, then it's their responsibility to make sure it's clear so the referees can do their job as best as possible and give us the best yeah. game of rugby that we can watch that is a, a fair contest. That's mm. what's important.
2: And he, even if Rassi had, you know, some good points, which are, a few people have picked, um, you know, said that he does, maybe, the, it's just completely the wrong way to do it. Um, it's proper channels that they go through. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And
1: you can't. You can. You can contest a game. Uh, you can contest a refereeing call afterwards. You can submit complaints about a referee's performance that's the that's the way to go about it to to rant and rage about it and essentially fuel the flames i don't think is the right way to go about it and i'll I'll finish this we'll we'll finish this whole discussion with one question are you guys are either you guys going to watch this final test
2: uh yeah maybe i (laughs) watched yeah i mean in my in my experience lions series have always been really toxic anyway i remember the um you know the New Zealand series. You know on Reddit and Twitter and oh the, the stuff that was coming out of those that series was 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 horrible. So you know it it you know they say the Lions tour is this amazing thing, but when you you know when you when you're engaging with fans from both um, sides, it's pretty scary. Um, I thought I thought um, you know the the actual games were nothing really to walk um, yeah. home about anyway. Um, you know, some people were saying it was pretty dire. I think it was just um it's a classic. Bit like that um <laughs>
0: Simpsons meme about the soccer
2: game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It was it was typical, uh, <laughs> it was typical Northern Hemisphere, you know, kick and chase and plug the corners and, and, and wait for penalties. Um to set his credit, they put on some pretty good tries in the in the second half. Um but yeah. That's
0: I just—it's funny. I wonder. I do remember that New Zealand series, but that was—that was good. Again, great sort of meme value for Sonny Bill Williams getting that dude in the head. <laughs> and was it that, that ref at the end? Remember, he gave like a penalty to the Lions to keep the yeah. scoring penalty. Um, but it's funny when it comes to Australia. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it will be as tense because. Um, I think the Lions will be much better than Australia. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: well, we got our we got our asses handed to us in that last test, which is a. <laughs> I
0: mean, Scotland's beating us now every second year, so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> look, it's uh, it's it's interesting times. It's going to be an interesting series to look at uh, when we come to the end of it, um, in the context of, <laughs> of rugby as a whole. But yeah. Um, We'll move on to our last question, which is talking about just other rugby that that we've uh, we've been keeping track of. And when we say other rugby, um, the the real one we want to talk talk about is uh, the was the final result of the major league rugby, um, which I know for any Waratahs fans who are in the chat, which is just Nick. Um, it's good that uh, Darren Coleman uh, finishes his uh, his time in the US with a trophy as well as with the with with Los Angeles or who what we like to prefer to call them the lost Aussies um, with, uh, with three quarters of that squad are Australians. Bring back bloody Cooper, bring back, bring them all back for the Waratahs next year. Um, did any of you guys get the chance to check out this game?
2: Yeah, I caught caught a fair bit of it. It was, it was really exciting. And the, and the presentation over there is amazing. I, I like their little, you know, the Americans little take on it. Um, they're really good at explaining the rules and and really presenting with all these different stats, almost like NFL. Um, and yeah, the the crowd was vocal, it was good. Uh, I think uh, Fat Man Scoot was DJing and um, Steve Aoki played at <laughs> halftime. So like, they just they just do it right over there in America. It's awesome, and especially especially the Guiltinis. They've they built up this awesome culture in just this one year, and um, I've seen it. Yeah. A- I've seen a few of their, uh, you know, post-celebration uh, uh, antics on, on, on Instagram and Twitter, and they're, they're loving it. It's, it's great. So, yeah, it, it, it bodes well for Darren Coleman that he can, you know, set up this, you know, great culture in, in, in a single year and, and take them all the way to the top with some pretty, pretty, um, pretty hot stars. Like they've got uh, Ashley Cooper, uh, they got Guido, you know, they got Meeks, they got Cotrell, they got Dave Dennis. He was the captain this year, so it was an awesome squad. And but the 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 most interesting thing is is the players that he brought over with him. You know, there's a lot of sh- shoot shield guy, Dan Hote, uh Mahe, Violanu, I think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he brings back uh, any of those guys, or maybe they'll just continue. Under Stephen Hoyles, who is coaching next year, and 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 build something really special over there.
1: Yeah, it's look, it's I think it's and that's this is something I think has been quite telling in terms of Coleman because he's done this. He went with both with Raringa and then with Gordon. He brought a whole bunch of players who want to just play under him, with him, and I think that's also happened here in this case. And it'll be curious to see. I reckon there is a decent chance that a lot of them will follow him back to to to. Hope for the opportunity of of not only returning to the shoot shield, but getting a, getting a a, a trophy, get, getting a, a a go in Sky Blue, um, mm. as well. It's yeah, like the things rugby can do when you got money to throw behind it. Um, yeah. When you got when you got the chance to actually make it an entertaining product, I think that's been one of the the secrets behind. You know, we've talked about Twiggy and the Force um, when they were doing stuff with Global Rapid Rugby, and they actually yeah. didn't. It wasn't just about the fact that the game that there was a game on, um, even though the games obviously were, were the quality was a little lower than Super Rugby. Um, yeah. it's it was also it the had fact that they're
2: on Vienna. It'll be electric.
1: Yeah, it's just like they ter- you turned the day into a. Th- there was there was fireworks, there was displays, there were bands, there was everything. Um, and they're just doing rugby right. And the fact that they've been able to achieve what they've achieved in one year, um, there was also a decent crowd at that game as well, Um, which, you know, it's exciting times for major league rugby. Um, I reckon they they should be really happy with how that season went. Um, And, you know, things crossed that they can build on that and build on, on the success and the interest that they've now had. And hopefully we'll see, uh, See more success in the future. It'd be curious. To, yeah. I'm curious to see how Hoyles is how Hoyles goes in a coaching role. Has he ever coached before?
2: Uh, yeah, I think he's been involved with the sevens and Randwick and, and things like mm. that. So. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Nick, like
1: what,
0: a- did you get the chance to check this game out at all? Or? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but uh, interesting fun fact: the Giltinis and Gilgronies are named after cocktails that their respective owners invented.
2: Yeah, Adam Gilchrist, who owns F forty five. He's the he's the owner of the two teams, and he's just made up these weird cocktail names.
0: I mean, I I sort of love it. I'm not really sure whether love it or cringe.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some good names, and there's actually some great names in. It's uh, much
0: better than you know, wildcats or all that stupid American stuff. I love it.
1: Yeah, like you got your yeah, you've got your. There's some good names in that. In the game, like um, bloody, it's the Sea Wolves, the Free Jacks. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's some, there's some <laughs> funny ones in there. There was the Raptors; they're gone now. Um, yeah, Saber Cats. It's look, like, it, it's not as good as North Cronulla Sea Lice, but I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll will take it. It's a it's a boss. It's a good start. Um, but yeah. Um, well, that'll pretty much wrap us up for this for this episode of the Dropped Kickoff. Um, we'll try and grab another one before the either before the start of the of the Blood is Low or during. Um, and uh, I mean, what exact what else are we going to be doing? We're stuck in all three of us are stuck in isolation at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a good chat about everything and uh, plenty of rugby to be watching. Thanks very much, guys, for ch- for uh, for joining us.
2: Cheers. Mm-hmm.
1: And for all of our listeners, uh, keep a watch out for our next episode, and uh, we'll catch you next time we're out.
2: Hey, Rick.
0: Catch you.
2: <laughs> well, what did go wrong? I'll have to look look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? What a bit of genius, a bit of magic. Shirley Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Shirley Bombo, very good, very good.